Jesse going to come and sing for us this morning? Or the choir's going to sing for us this morning? With, okay, with Lacey, okay. All right. <clears throat> Thank you. 
Thank you, choir, as always. What a beautiful song. Beautiful, beautiful song. Well, let's continue this morning under God's leading, under His direction and His guidance today as we continue talking about great acts of love. You know, I was talking with someone the other day, and there's so many directions we can take with this, uh, but a couple of words kept coming to my mind and uh, as in preparation a month or so ago for these messages. And remember, two Sundays ago, we talked about that great act of love that God gave to us through His Son. And then last week, we talked about that hard word called discipline that we don't like to uh, confront sometimes, don't come like to see eye to eye with that. Today, uh, under God's leading, of course, let's talk about the act of forgiveness. What a wonderful act of love God shows to us in that of forgiveness. So let's begin this way. Have you ever had someone make you so mad that it made you say, I, I never forgive you as long as I live. You've been there? If you have, I, I hope that has been erased and done away with and attitudes have changed. I thought about that question. I'm sure maybe in the back of our mind we've all had that thought before. Maybe not verbalized it, but we may have at least had that thought in our mind. But aren't you glad, along with me, that God is not that way? Aren't you glad, along with me, that we serve a God who forgives? And not only forgives, but at the end of the message today, we'll see, forgets. Well, picture with me, if you will, let's journey to the cross just for a moment as we continue And let's picture our Lord Jesus Christ there as he is hanging on the cross. And as Luke's gospel records in Luke 23, 34, we find Jesus himself saying these words. Father, forgive them. Why? He goes on to say, because they do not know what they're doing. So we see there, even from the cross, we find Forgiveness. Father, forgive them. That will take us to our scripture this morning. But before that, when it comes to forgiveness, think with me along these lines. Do we have a choice as to whether we forgive someone or not? We certainly do. We certainly do. Can I encourage you that the right choice is to always forgive? Matthew chapter 18. Turn there with me if you, if you will. And, uh, we'll read a few verses from there and then we'll flip over to 1st John and read a few verses and make a few comments along the lines of forgiveness. Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times 
7. Boy, that's a lot. 1 John chapter 1, beginning with verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. The word of the Lord. Lord, thank you for your word. Now speak to our hearts. As we delve into it for just a few moments together, show us, oh God, what it is you want us to learn, what it is you want us to apply to our lives. Lord God, what it is you want us to share with those around us. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, let's look this morning as John gives us here uh, three truths about forgiveness. You have some blanks to fill in there. If you'd like to do that, please do that. Um, as we go along. So first, forgiveness occurs because of the first great truth, and that is this, that God is holy and that God is light. God is holy and God is light. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. Now, what does John mean when he says that God is light? Now, in the Bible, light and darkness are very familiar symbols. We see light and darkness all the time throughout Scripture. Intellectually, intellectually, light refers to biblical truth, the things of the Bible. And darkness, of course, refers to error and falsehoods. Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. John 1, 4, In him was life. And the light was the light of men, John eight twelve. Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, again saying, what does he say about himself? I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. What about morally? Morally, light refers to what? Holiness and, and purity, while darkness refers to sin and wrongdoing. Look back with me, if you will, to Romans chapter number 13, beginning with verse 11. And do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but 
put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. And over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 4. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or, uh, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Some more things about the light in the Old Testament. Remember, as God appeared to Moses as light in, in the form of fire in the burning bush. Remember that story? Remember God as he led Moses and the people of Israel throughout the desert all those years by a pillar of fire? Psalm 43 says, Oh, send out your light and your truth. So there's some Old Testament references to, to light. And then in the gospel, John describes Jesus as light. John 1, 9, that there was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. 8, 12, John 8, 12. Then he spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. The light, the purity of it, the perfection of it. The holiness of it. It's righteous. That's Jesus. Another aspect of God is light. Is that in the scripture we just read. That it chases away darkness. So like. Get out of here. There's no place for you. When Jesus is around. There's no place for darkness. And most of us have gotten up in the middle of the night. And Walked across the room and turned the light on. And what you couldn't see with the light off, you can now see with the light on. And it directs our paths. It chases away that darkness. You see, God is holy. He's holy in everything He does. And everything He thinks, everything He says, God is holy. Well, First Peter one sixteen reminds us of this. Be holy, for I am holy. And because God is holy, there is no darkness in Him at all. Back to our text. Which we have heard from Him and declare to you that God is light and in Him no darkness at all. Well, what if someone is walking in darkness? What if, what if they're walking in darkness? What, if, what, is, what does that mean? That, mean, that means that they're living in, in sin, that they're, they're living in immoral pleasures, if you will. And see, the scriptures tell us that we have, we cannot have fellowship with God and continue to live in sin. Romans 6, 2 says, how shall we who died to sin Live in it. You see, because God is completely holy, is He not? 
He cannot abide nor tolerate sin. That means this, that he won't overlook it. That, that he won't sweep it under the rug, so to speak. He, he won't change with the times. See, God is constant. He doesn't care if everybody is doing it or it is politically correct. Because why? God hates sin. And that brings us to the second truth is that we are sinners. Gosh, do we have to be reminded of that? Do we really have to be reminded of that? First John 1, 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So... There is a chance that we can deceive ourselves. I hope that none of us are foolish enough to believe that we are sinless. Because what does Romans 3.23 tell us? That all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Isaiah reminds us in Isaiah 53, 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. How many of you have fooled someone before? Yes, we've all fooled someone before. But guess that we do not fool. We do not fool God. God knows every single thing about us. What we're thinking. What we're planning to do this afternoon. What next week. He knew what we did last night or, or, or two weeks ago. So you see, God knows who we really are. And let's never make him out to be a liar. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. You see, unfortunately, church, we were born with that sin nature Like some of us were born with those bad genes that we have high cholesterol and we have to take medicine for that. Or blood pressure problems run in our family. But, you know, we were born with that. We can't really do a whole lot about it except take medicine. Same with sin. We were born with that strand of flu, if you will, called sin. And that's why the third truth is so vitally important this morning. And it's this. We need forgiveness. And the beauty of that fact is this, that God will forgive. I talk to people, I've talked to people over the years and says, coach or preacher, I've done such and such and I know God will not forgive me. God will forgive you. Young people, God will forgive you. Older folks, God will forgive you. First John 1, 9. If you don't know this verse, commit it to memory. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me close with these two stories that I hope will give us some encouragement. In a forgiving God in an unforgiving world, Ron Lee Davis retells a story of a priest in the Philippines, a much-loved man of God who carried the burden of a secret sin he had committed many years before. He had repented but still had no peace, no sense of God's forgiveness. In his parish, 
was a woman who deeply loved God and who claimed to have visions in which she spoke with Christ and he with her. The priest, however, was skeptical. To test her, he said, the next time you speak with Christ, I want you to ask him what sin your priest committed while he was in seminary. The woman agreed. A few days later, the priest asked, Well, did Christ visit you in your dreams? Yes, he did, she replied. And did he, and did you ask him what sin I committed in seminary? Yes. Well, what did he say? He said, I don't remember. That's God. He doesn't remember. When we come to him and he forgives us, he forgets. When God forgives, our sins are gone. In 1912, the Titanic made its first voyage. And we know that the disastrous results of that voyage was that it sank and more than 1,500 people lost their lives in the marine disaster. The boat went down in about four kilometers of water, too deep to get to for many years, beside which they did not know exactly where it had gone down. Finally, in 1985, they found where the Titanic had gone down, and from then on they began to search the area and bring back artifacts. Every expedition to discover what happened and recover things from from the area has been very costly and very difficult and dangerous for those attempting it. This is what happens to things that are cast into the sea. They become difficult to retrieve. What a blessing to know that that is where that that is where our sins have been cast by God. It helps us understand just how completely God forgives our sins. They are put beyond reach. They are completely forgiven. Psalm 103.12 that I shared with our young folks this morning. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now listen to Micah chapter 7, 18 and 19, and we'll close with this. Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. Isn't it wonderful to know that God feels sorry for us? He does. Because he delights in mercy. Now get verse 19. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the challenge this morning, Lord God, that is before us to really wrap our brains around forgiveness and what forgiveness is all about. God, you promised us in verse after verse that we looked at this morning that you will forgive us that not only will you forgive us God but you will forget those things that you forgive us of so Lord how much more beautiful can that be to us so Lord if there be any of us here today that is holding on to some type of idea that 
I've done something so bad that God could never forgive me. God, help us to dispel that. Help us to put that aside and to realize that you do forgive us. And God, I stand before you today saying, thank you for forgiving me of my sinfulness, of my wrongdoings. And Lord, I pray that each one here today can say the very same thing. Lord, I can't help but think, Lord, those of us here this morning who are believers, who are Christians, had to begin with that very word. We had to ask you to forgive us and to come into our heart, into our life to save us and make us new creations. My prayer is that each one of us has done just that today. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Our hymn of dedication, number 399. Let's stand as we sing.